2: 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast
3: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl before we even get started i'm going to tell you guys that this is going to be our best episode ever because i can just (laughs) tell the vibes are immaculate pre-show they're going to be immaculate during the show. They're probably going to be even better post-show. I can't wait to get this one started. I am joined by my good friends, Alex Strofe and Perry Goldstein in no particular order. You can follow Perry at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow Alex at Alex underscore Strofe. I don't have an underscore because I'm better than both of them. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. Friends, it is so good to be joined by both of you on this rare midweek edition of the APA Alex Perry Andy Packaday podcast. How the heck are you guys doing?
2: fantastic i'm ready for our best episode ever that's that's not a very high bar but, but still i mean that's that's still <laughs> that's a bar none proclamation to begin the episode
4: yeah i know you really set us up here andy set us up to fail um i'm great it's midway through the week we had our first uh qb1 interview today um so i got to listen to that after work just like feeling good football's like football's here
3: a drama-free press conference. What are? I'm not used to this. I don't know. Quick ten seconds. Take what was your biggest takeaway, Alex, from Jordan Love's presser, if if anything.
2: Cool, calm, collected. He's confident. A lot of c words there, but I, I'm very excited about uh, you know seeing his growth. Like that's
4: it's just exciting. It's a new era. Perry? I love his attitude. Like, I think I agree with Alex. He's just like so even keel up there. Like he was meant to do it, not nervous. But I think like between him, Kenny and Aaron Jones, like the trio of them, the team seems to be in a really good place, like vibe wise, mentally. um, I just like I feel like this transition could have been, you know, you never know how people are going to react to it. But the locker room seems to be like a really cohesive unit right now.
3: Yeah. I think chill is just like the, the word for everything. Just everything was just calm. Like you said, collected chill, Alex, like I just, it was a very easygoing vibe. You can tell why everyone's always like, Jordan's the same guy, you know, day in and day out, nothing bothers him. You know um, I thought it was just kind of cool to hear, you know, kind of his experience through three years is, you know, having to be the backup. And I, I kind of loved the fact that you could tell how much it was eating him away that he wanted to be the guy but at the same token, he handled it as a consummate professional the entire time. But it was still eating like he wanted to be the guy he wanted to be like, even though I think he would probably even admit, and I think we can all say that he wasn't ready as his rookie year, like, and maybe even his sophomore year, maybe even his, like, whatever, like, he wanted to be the guy, whatever was going to happen, he wanted. And I just love that intensity and passion from him and and the way that he handled it throughout everything. Totally.
4: Yeah.
3: All I right. 100% so- agree. With Jordan Love in mind, today's topic is going to be the five player. We all have different lists, but we're going to go through our five players that we cannot wait to watch this offseason. We can take that in any direction that we want to take it. Um, I don't know if it's five most important, five we want to watch. We can put any superlative in there that we want to put in there, but the five that we're going to be keeping an eye on. So we're going to go round table. But before we get there, quite clearly and quite obviously, the one everyone is going to be watching is Jordan Love. So Jordan Love is our list. I was going to say it was Anders Carlson, but it's, it's <laughs> uh, everyone's going to be watching Jordan. And that goes like kind of league wide. I think I'm sure that there are some nervous bears, Vikings, lions fans that are just hoping that they don't have to say not again. Um, I'm sure like the rest of the NFL is, doesn't want another great quarterback and don't, don't want to say not again in green Bay. Um, meanwhile, Packer fans are wanting to see what he's obviously all about this OTA, this mini camp, this training camp, this preseason, this regular season, hopefully this postseason, this entirety of this year is about number 10 and what he can develop into. And that is obviously all of what we're going to be watching all season long. Alex, thoughts on just your general want to see Jordan and, and what you were you know sort of expecting out of him this season.
2: No, you said it perfectly, right? Like this year is all about Jordan Love. That is ultimately the end all be all of this year. Would wins, you know, would winning 11 games or 10 games and making the playoffs be we glorious, of course, and probably exceed most of our expectations for this team in 2023. But getting a a clear sample size of of what Jordan love is. Like that is what we've all been waiting for, right? We go back to the shows we were doing in late October and early November of last year when the Packers were, were four and eight or whatever they were at that point or three and eight, whatever it was. And we were saying, well, it's just about time to see Jordan love for four or five games we never got it so we just we still you know going into his fourth year or the fourth year the three of us have been together uh, as a team on, on the Packaday podcast we still don't know what jordan love is so yeah it's just super uh, i'm excited
4: right i liked him when he came out but we just haven't seen a lot of him. perry it's been a long three years of him kind of being this like shadow right because it's super easy to focus on rogers and the window and the super bowl but like jordan was always like a lurking figure and i don't mean that in a negative way but like the idea of him was always there and it was always like, well, what are the Packers going to do with him? Right. Are they going to stick with Rogers? Are they going to trade him? Is he the guy? Is he next? And like now we finally have an answer to one of our questions, but we have so many more questions to answer. And now we get to see it. Like Alex said, he's the guy, he's the starter they've committed to him I actually really appreciate and like the way the Packers like handled this entire transition for him. I love the way the locker room has rallied around him. Um, And now he just gets to be QB one. Right. And I love that. It's not just kind of like the play on the field, because obviously that's what matters the most, but he even said it today in his press conference. Like now I get to be a little bit more vocal. And there's been a lot of questions around like, what kind of leader is he going to be? And can he rally the troops? And, what does he look like under pressure and all those other intangibles that make a franchise quarterback. We also haven't seen because he's had to be the respectful backup to, you know, the first ballot hall of famer for three years. So just like he's going to get to like blossom now. um, And that's what I can't wait to see as well. Obviously if he lights it up and, you know, hits us with like a, you know, 35 touchdown season, like great. Um, But I think there's a lot of other things that we'll get to see this year, even if the offense has a bumpy road, which I'm sure it will, that'll make us kind of project whether he's the guy or not.
3: Yeah, it's well said. And somebody asked me on Twitter today, um, something to the effect of what record does Green Bay need to have? Like what's the bar? What's the expectation? Like what do they need to do to have a successful season? And I simply said, There is no record. It doesn't, the record, I'm not looking at the record this season. I want to see how this young core performs. I want to see how Jordan most importantly performs, like how they develop through the course of the season and how they play and how they grow as a collective unit. Like that, that is what matters to me. If that's 10 and seven, awesome. If that's four and 13, it's fine if they are showing signs of growth and development and a lot of potential. And that, that growth curve is pointing upwards. Like I'm not, I'm not looking at the, the win loss record. I'm looking at how they're performing on the field, specifically that young core of players. And we know all the names we're going to go through a lot of them, I'm sure today, but like that, that's what I'm looking for. And obviously that starts with one, a one B one C one D as Jordan love and so on and so forth.
2: Totally. Totally. I mean, you, you, real quick, you look to our neighbors to the South, right? The Chicago Bears last year. I, I don't know the record off the top of my head. I think it was three and 14, but Justin Fields, they got some clarity, right? Like he is a dual threat quarterback. And as much as it pains me to admit this as a Giant Packers fan, damn, is he fun to watch, right? So yeah. it, hopefully, you know, if that's, if that's the record and you get an answer, that's two
4: thumbs up for me. I actually thought of the Bears while Andy was speaking as well. I was like, the Bears had, you know, they trade the first pick in the draft this year, and yet they still knew that Justin Fields is their guy. Now they have to put some weapons around him to figure that out, like for sure, which is what the Packers were able to do this offseason, right, is give Jordan Love a plethora of weapons. But the record doesn't necessarily indicate whether your QB is your guy or not, because wins aren't a QB stat.
3: Here's a hot take and I've kind of mentioned this I think a little bit in the past. Green Bay just came off in my opinion basically the worst season you can possibly have. Oh yeah. And what I mean by that is they were trying to win like aggressively. They were borrowing a lot from future salary caps. They were maybe not like extreme FDM picks all in, but they were pretty darn all in. And they go pretty much the worst record you could have, which is 8 and 9 and losing in the last like last game to not make the playoffs so that you are right on that boundary of not making the playoffs, which when you are that aggressively trying to win and have a hall of fame quarterback and have all of those pieces around you is in my opinion, about the worst possible final solution that you could have in a season. Like it, when you are now going a little bit younger and when you are having these young pieces that I think we're all excited to see what they're going to be, even if the record is worse, the season can be better and more enjoyable because you potentially get to see what these pieces can become and grow. And even if it's not that at least you're not going all in and trying to do that and failing. And even if you go one in 16 or something beyond awful, which I don't think is going to happen to this team, you're still a getting answers to a lot of questions. It probably means, all right, Jordan wasn't the guy and now we need to pivot and go in a different direction or whatever the case may be. Um, You're still learning something from it. And you're probably getting the number one overall pick in the draft in that situation too, which allows you to start a more aggressive rebuild. Right. So like I would make the argument that eight and nine just missing the playoffs in a season, you're aggressively trying to win and keep a window open is like the worst possible scenario. And almost anything that happens this year is probably going to be better than that.
2: Yeah. And it it 1 million percent was right. It's the worst draft pick without making the playoffs and you got no evaluation on Jordan love outside of a couple snaps against the Eagles. Right. So I mean, it absolutely was worst case scenario. All
3: right. Let's let's Perry. Do you have anything to take on that? Or should we pivot to it? all right, let's pivot to our next point. We're going to talk the entire time about whether they are rebuilding, reloading. And no, I'm just
2: <laughs> We already did that episode. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh boy. Uh, we're not going to dive into that. Thank goodness. That's dead and over with hopefully. Uh, we are going to go through our players that we cannot wait to keep an eye on this offseason. And again, you can define it however you want. But Perry, I will start with you. And the floor is yours. Your 1A player, not named Jordan Love, that you cannot wait to watch this offseason.
4: Oh, this is in order.
3: Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Oh, your, your top 1A one.
4: Oh, boy. Okay. So I was thinking about this in terms of like, what does this mean for the season? Right? Because not just because there's it. a lot of like cameras. There's a lot of camp darlings, right? Like, Innis Gaines. We love Innis Gaines. But, like, is Innis Gaines going to play? Probably not. Do I love watching him him in camp? Yeah. So I was thinking about, like, what guys do I have my eye on because I think that they're going to be important for this team during the season. And my 1A guy who's the first person that came to mind was Devontae Wyatt. Because sorry Andy, I know
3: I probably what? still yours. What, Alex, oh, you me. have him one A too? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did too. Okay. Yeah, that's great. We did not okay, we did not uh, talk ahead of time, which makes this more you know spontaneous and fun, but we that's amazing. We all, we all 1A. agree. 1A on that's amazing.
4: 1A. Well, okay, so I was looking at his stats because I know we always talk about oh well, like he had very limited playing time, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He only played 224 snaps last season, which is literally nothing, like nothing. Um, he didn't start a single game, right? This is your first round pick, but he made like a pretty decent impact when he was on the field. And that's like, it's a small sample size. So you don't want to like extrapolate it out, but like a pass defense, a forced fumble, one and a half sacks, a couple of tackles, a couple of QB hits. But like in the small sample size, you're thinking like, I'm excited about this dude and he needs more playing time. And then all of a sudden this offseason, season, Reed's gone, Dean Lowry's gone, you know, obviously you drafted LVN, but very different player, very different purpose. And you're thinking, like, I'm thinking going into this offseason, like, this guy's got to play. Like, this guy has to be right next to Kenny Clark all offseason with the ones, like, 24-7. Um, and I think, like, he was a interesting choice by the Packers, kind of, like, off their normal fit. So, like, his season gets determined by the way he like deals with this camp like how is he coming into camp how is he showing up how is he practicing you know effort etc all of that and are you the number 2 guy on that defensive line next to Kenny Clark because that's what you should be in your second year after you're getting drafted in the first round
3: well said alex he- I'll let you follow up on that.
2: No, she nailed it, right? I mean, that's pretty much exactly, it. we were talking before the show, I, me and Perry each actually wrote notes this time, which I, I, I can't speak for Perry, but doesn't happen often for me. And, and she hit pretty much every one of them, right? The, the departure of Lowry and Reed means he's going to get more playing time. What will he do with it? And, and again, he had limited snaps, as Perry alluded to. And Andy, you gushed over him in his limited snaps last year. And uh, I, I, I take what both of you say very, uh, very heavily. Right. It means a lot to me. It, it, it impacts me as a football fan and the way I watch things. So I'm pumped to see him. He's a first round pick. Right. And so you have to see him in a second year. It's, it's a huge it's a huge question mark. And that's why he's number one on my list.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, talent and effort are as good as it gets from Devonte. It's just technique that's holding him back. And that can't be the thing that holds him back. Like he's got to master everything. He's playing next to Kenny Clark, who is an absolute technician at the position. He's got a great defensive line coach. And the depth chart is Kenny. Obviously, 1A is, is Kenny. And then Devante And then you've got a former fifth round pick in TJ Slayton. You've got a sixth round pick in Carl Brooks. You've got a fourth round pick in uh, Colby Wooden. And then you've got a seventh round pick from a season ago in Jonathan Ford. And you're a first round pick. You need to beat out every single other one of those names and you need to be number two Mm. on the list. Furthermore, he's talented as hell. Like he is talented as hell. Like he is as quick first stepped, violent hands, amazing movement for his size There's no reason that he can not only be good, but that he can't be great. Like I said, and plus a lot of times the 300 plus pound guys, the thing that's holding them back is effort or hustle or taking plays off. That's not Devante. He is a million miles an hour. He's doing everything. His power. He is hustling down the line. He's hustling out to wide receiver screens. He's playing with his hair on fire. So we just got to master that technique. We got to make sure we're not getting blown off the ball by double teams. We got to learn how to play with a little bit more leverage. But that that guy is as important to this Packers defense as just about anyone because the upside is here. And last year we saw 200 snaps of, eh, we're not sure what we're going to get. So it's just got to be better. And it's super important for the defense that he takes a pretty big step in the right direction.
4: I love that we all thought of the same person.
3: This episode is off to a great start. On a team where, like, outside of Jordan Love, like, there's probably like 20, 25 guys that I think we could all make the argument for are like super excited to watch. And it's an incredible rookie class. Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of snaps up for grabs. Let's put it that way. Yes. Lot,
4: but that's what I thought of when I was thinking of like, I'm like, who has the biggest opportunity to gain from having an awesome off season? And it's totally him. And I think Andy, you hit the nail on the head by saying like, you're in a room full of people who were drafted after you, who you have a lot more talent than. Like This should be yours for the taking, but you have to go and grab it you have to take the opportunity.
3: Alex, I will let you follow up with number two on your list.
4: I have a
2: hard time believing this guy isn't on both of your lists as well. I think all three of us will also have this guy, Uh, the youth movement movement continues. Another second year guy, the wide receiver room is a big question mark. Now where will I go? Everybody wait. Romeo Dobbs is my guy here at at number two, right? I I mean, this is, this is a guy who's uh, at least as it stands on May 11th, when this episode comes out, he's probably the number two receiver on the depth chart. And as scary as that may be, because we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. We saw a little bit of him, enough of them last year. But he's a mid-round pick from a year ago. He uh, Something that stuck out to me in, in Jordan Love's uh, press conference yesterday was the fact that he went out to California with him, along with Aaron Jones. Those were the two guys that went out and got working with Jordan Love. So you talk about the hard work and the determination. Clearly, Romeo Dobbs is putting in, in, in the work. It's just a matter of if it translates. So when it comes to camp and the preseason, and then eventually the regular season, The opportunities there for the taking on the offensive side of the ball for Romeo Dobbs uh, behind Christian Watson, likely as the number two receiver. We'll see where uh, other guys, I mean, it's the youth movement on the offensive side of the ball. So we'll see where it eventually slots up as. But I think Romeo Dobbs has the opportunity to have a huge season in year number two. And I'm really, really intrigued to see what the transformation looks like for him from year one to year two.
3: Perry, did you have Romeo on your list at all? I did not, but... I, I mean, I totally
4: agree. I totally agree. Like he, his rookie, he had a great beginning to his rookie season, got derailed by an injury. Obviously coming back from injuries is tough. And this offense this past season was wishy-washy yet best. And so you want to see the development from him and hopefully a full healthy season, you know, can do that.
3: I did not have Romeo on my list. I think oh, I, I missed my shot so bad. Bad no, call! I by think me. you bring up a great point, though, Alex. I think he, he probably he's definitely worthy of of being on the list. I think in some capacity. Right. The only reason I didn't have him is quite honestly for me the entire wide receiver room is must watch. And I have a feeling like three of those guys are going to step up in some capacity and we know what Christian is. Right. And then after that, like I'm excited about Jaden Reed. I'm excited about Dobbs. I'm excited about two or I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch all of those guys. So yeah. like my eyes are just going to like naturally go to wide receiver, I think. So instead of, I didn't have any wide receivers on my list just because I'm kind of going to be watching all of them in some, and I feel like two or three of them are going to step up almost no matter, like just inherently, but I just, I'll go it, back to the well later then leave the wide receivers for right. me. I'll go back to the well. I'll go. I'll go adjacent, and I'm gonna cheat because that's what I do always, and uh, make you guys upset. Uh, I'm gonna go the two tight ends. I'm gonna go Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I yeah.
1: have that also. <laughs> you you
4: have this- I have the tight end room.
3: That's amazing. So yeah, <laughs> I've Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft as uh, you know a, a conjoint because they they just should be there. They're, you yeah. know what. They're the Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks. They are the Step Brothers. Like, just don't even separate them anymore. Like, just keep them together. Like, they are now inseparable. They're like the new Smiths, but they have different names. It's okay. <laughs> but, like Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I left rookie mini camps wanting more. Not wanting more. Like, I just I wanted to watch them all of the time. I didn't want to take my eyes off of them. They are so quick. We have not seen that athleticism and just amazing. Like unique tight endness, since Jermichael Finley. I'm making up words. I'm so excited. Um, that's what I like. I just want to see more of them. And when I got done watching Luke Musgrave on tape, like that was the guy, like I knew I needed to move to like my next guy. As I was doing my deep dives and I'm like, I just want to watch another, I just want to watch more Luke, Luke Musgrave. Give me more Luke Musgrave. Um, so those are the two guys that I think a, it's so hard to transition from college to the NFL at the tight end position. B, they're going to play a lot. There's just no way at this point that they can't, you know, (laughs) like play a lot. Like they're going to have a very integral role in this offense. And I am so excited to see what they're going to be able to do as rookies. And just to see how much Matt LaFleur and this offensive staff are willing to put on their plates because they are immensely talented individuals. But there's going to be a learning curve there.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
4: Yeah, that's so funny. Andy, I also had the same cop out as you. Where did, um, What
3: member did you have them on your list?
4: Mine aren't listed in, okay. in any kind of order. I was actually going to do them last because it was like my surprise. Um, I stole it. But yeah, I have the tight end room. So I guess this is my second one also. Like, it's just, it's wide open. And I'm thinking outside of the two of them too. in like, what Absolutely. are they going to do with Josiah deguara? And like, if I'm hopefully up at camp this season, I'm like, who's taking snaps at tight end one, like where is Matt LaFleur lining them up, how often are they running with the ones, who's not, like there's just, there's so many like infinite possibilities with this room now, um, you've had the sneak peek, and they look great to you, I think I was most excited about Tucker Craft out of this draft, I'm hoping he's now like their third round pick, like curse breaker, Um I just think like this room has been one big question mark this whole off season. Like all we've talked about is they need to get a tight end. They need to get a tight end. They got two like really awesome freak athletes. And now we get to see what Matt LaFleur wants to do with the three that I consider he has on the roster.
2: Yeah. I had DeGuara on my list. I probably wasn't going to get to him anyway, but obviously it's his fourth year LaFleur has always gushed over him. He, He had the injury early in his career and I, I just think he's a fascinating – and I know they drafted the two guys, but he, I, I just think it's fascinating in the final year of his rookie deal. It's a make-or-break deal for, or, or make-or-break year for him. So I'm no. fascinated by the entire room as well.
3: Yeah, and I think Love and Deguara have a little bit of a closer connection than obviously Rogers and Deguara did as well, Fair so point. I'm intrigued there. <laughs> Perry, who's next on your list? Um, Who do you want to go over next?
4: You guys aren't going to be surprised by this, so it's fine. There's no preface. Um, Darnell Savage, baby, like, what is going to happen with this man? He – they picked up his fifth-year option. He obviously had his worst season yet last year. They paid him. They've said they're going to play him. How? Like, what are they going to do with Darnell Savage? If I'm up there, I'm always watching the DBs, but, like, I'm like, where is 26 – How is he lining up? Who is he with? Like, where are they going to, where, what are they doing with him? Where are they going to play him? Because they also didn't necessarily address the safety position as much as I think fans would have liked this off season. So Darnell Savage is more likely than not going to get legitimate playing time. So how does he look at camp, right? Is he coming in? Is he focused, ready to go? Like, does he know, like, you have to know if you're Darnell Savage that this is like the year, like either you are going to, kind of turn your career around and either stay with this team or go to a new team after this season, or this might be it for you. Like this is a make or break year for him as well. I think him and Joe Barry are probably a little bit tied together in this ship. So I don't think I need to say anymore. Darnell Savage.
2: Totally. I I mean, would you be shocked if I said he is on the field, the first defensive play of the season? Yes or no? No, not shocked. Would you be shocked if I said he wasn't on the roster week one of the season? Yeah,
3: because yeah. it was contract. Because they're
4: paying yeah. him. Yeah, yeah.
3: But uh, does he me, get a, No, go ahead. But again. like
4: the, the fact that that's the range, like that's yeah. the range. Yeah,
3: it, it's me, it's wild. He's safety one, and I don't think it's going to change. Like I, I think he will line up as they're starting free safety, and I don't think like I think he could lose that job during the course of the year. But um, I my guess is just based on the fact that they didn't address it. He's on a guaranteed contract they're going to do everything they can to have him win that free safety job. And there's just not a lot of other options to win it, quite frankly. Like, I don't know, Rudy Ford, to various Moore, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, to me, I, and I don't think they're going to, they basically already said Keyshawn's going to be the slot. So I, until, you know, we'll see once Stokes gets healthy, what they do to sort of, um, you know, even that, that corner room out and, and what they do in that situation. But I think this season is going to start with Razul, Jair, and Nixon as your top three corners, Savage as your free safety. I think it's the other safety that's totally up for grabs. My guess is Rudy has it as like you open OTAs and mini camps, but I think I'm going to just transition this. My next guy on my list, Anthony Johnson, the safety. Yeah, out of Iowa State. And it's quite simply put, there's not a lot of talent in this safety room, right? So like if you are kind of going a little bit younger this year, and if you are looking you know, to see what some of your younger talent has, Let's just get that guy on the field, right? Because Rudy Ford's on a one year deal, Tavares Moore's on a one year deal, Dallin Levitt's on a one year deal, Darnell Savage is one year left on his deal. Um, Innis Gaines will, I think, be in either an exclusive rights or restricted if they keep him another year. Um, Anthony Johnson's the only guy that signed more than like basically a, a, you know past this season. So, also, would probably argue at this point, like. Savage, if he could any get anywhere near back to the way he played in 2020, he's the most talented safety. Like, if he can get anywhere near that. After that, most talented guy is probably Anthony Johnson. I don't, I know he's a seventh rounder. I don't care. He's probably the next most talented guy in that room right now. You and, just did
4: your deep dive on him.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm super excited. That, that's going to be coming out soon, obviously. But um, that, to me, is, is the next guy that I'm watching because I legitimately think not only can he break camp as a starting safety, in my opinion – by the end of the season, I think he can be their best safety. That's how that's A, just the lack of talent wow. in the room. A lack of talent in the room. B, I really, really like him. So that's where I'm gonna be keeping a very, very close eye on Anthony Johnson.
4: Yeah, yeah I had him on the list. Uh,
3: yeah, that's that's a heavy
2: prediction. I love that. Somebody cut that and save it for the end of the year. But I, Tyler. I, I yeah, Tyler plays. I I had that on my list, or had him on my list rather. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity is just there, right? And that that, that seems to be the common theme with all the selections we've been making. And he has such a neat story, too, right? He was at Iowa State, would have been drafted as a corner last year. But Matt Campbell, the head coach of Iowa State, said, hey, coming back, you'll probably be better and utilize more as a safety in the league. Why don't you come back for one more year, make the position switch, and and then you have, you know, know, you're, you're not brand new to the position when you get to the league. And so he came back to Iowa State fell to the seventh round and he landed in the Packers lap. So I love the pick. I'm with you, Andy. I, I think his opportunity is just, is just so unique. And, and that room is wide open. Again, a lot of them are.
3: Yeah, very much so. All right, Alex, who's next on your list? I don't know. This is where it
2: gets dicey for me. I mean, it, there's just so many options, right? Um, I, I'm probably just going to give you a softball here and say AJ Dillon. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, obviously Aaron Jones is, is uh, number one running back and we know he's one of the best backs in the league. But this could be his last year in Green Bay. That's at least some of the what some people a lot smarter than me are thinking, given the contract. I, I think the opportunity is going to be there, right? We talked plenty last year about how the running back room, both him and Jones, were underutilized during the season. Now you make the transition to a first year or first year starter, uh, first year quarterback as the starter. The opportunity, I mean, he's going to get used a lot. So I want to see what, what that next step is for A.J. Dillon. He's super intriguing to me. I mean, the whole offense is intriguing, obviously. So I'll go A.J. Dillon here. I think that's a, that's a safe pick, and and I'm definitely going to have my eyes on him come camp time. I, like
4: I had him, him too. Um, not as my top five, but I, I had him in my mind also, just because, like, it's a big year. It's a contract year potentially for him. Like, I, you get the sense that, like, last year was a disappointment disappointing season like as it was for I think most players on the offense but like he needs a bounce back and for a number of different reasons but I also think he's like fully capable like we've seen what he's capable of when he's used and I will like preach it till my dying breath like he is uh like a back that needs consistent touches in order to get rolling and he just didn't get that last season and I just think it really did him a disservice
3: I've said for a while now, I think in in a weird sort of way, A.J. Dillon and and Aaron Jones sort of counter you know act each other like i think jones like just when he starts to get going it's like oh bring in dylan and like just when dylan needs to like keep going it's like oh bring in jones and then it's like all right jones is kind of all right and it's like oh bring in dylan it's like both those guys just sort of need to run like i would almost rather have it be like all right week one is an aaron jones game we're gonna give dylan like a couple carries but this is gonna be a jones game week two is gonna be a dylan game jones will kind of come in and do some different stuff but like I almost feel like when they go back and forth, like almost neither guy really gets in a rhythm. And I feel like both guys need to be in a rhythm. And it, I said, just almost like in a weird way, counterbalances one another, but I digress. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go, well, I'll go one guy here. I'll go Josh Myers is my next guy. And for a lot of the same reasons we talked about Darnell Savage and AJ Dillon, like this is kind of the year, right? Like th- it's, it's sort of now or never. And to me, this year will define Josh Myers. I think he's going to have legit competition. I don't know if they move Zach Tom inside to compete with him. I don't know if they start saying like, hey, if you don't perform, we're going to move Elton inside. I don't know what that looks like, but I I would be surprised if Josh just gets handed the center position on a silver platter. And even if he does, this is probably the season that defines what he's going to be in the league. I thought as a, a rookie, some ups and downs, some like understandable ups and downs, right? As a sophomore, I thought he took a total step backwards. And then I feel like this is going to be the year that we learn, all right, can he actually be a player in this league? Can he be a good starter? Or is this just what Josh Myers is going to be? And if that's what he's going to be, you're constantly looking for an upgrade and a replacement and he's probably not going to be that guy for very much longer. So I still have faith in Josh Myers. I liked him coming out and I think there's still untapped potential there, but there needs to be competition there and Josh has to be better.
4: Yeah.
3: All right. Who wants next? I think we only got like a couple left that I, I lost yeah, track. I've I lost, lost
2: track. I don't know
3: where yeah, we're so at. so am I.
4: I love Mary.
3: Um, I've known four guys. I know that much. Go ahead. Mine Harry. was
4: like such a, an obvious one. Like Jordan Love, like we took him out of the equation because it's obvious. But like who isn't excited to watch Christian Watson? Like – with Like, this is, like, the new connection. Like, this is wide receiver one, QB one. I loved what – um I don't know who it was today It said it, but they're like, we're about to grow together. Like, we're doing this thing together. And I just feel like when I think of that, like, I think of Jordan Love to Christian Watson. I mean, they drafted him last year. You know, he played the season with Rodgers. He had that amazing month. But, like, I imagine that this is – if they're going to be anything, I'm trying to like phrase this so that someone doesn't clip this and like use this against me. But like, if this duo is going to be anything, like you're looking at like the Rogers to Jordy connection, you know what I mean? Like this is like, this could be that next like fun QB one wide receiver one. Like Christian Watson was, could have been a first round pick if someone had traded, you know, four of them at 32, but like Jamar chase, Joe Burrow. Like this is like that. It could be that next connection. I'm trying not to be too hype about it. I'm obviously very hype about it, but it's again, like year two sophomore jump, we saw flashes of it. You want to see it more consistently, but you also want to see that he has it with the guy that you hope is your quarterback of the future.
2: If he can stay healthy, he's going to have a ginormous season, right? And that goes, so back, that goes back to the opportunity that that seems to be the, the buzzword tonight is, is, opportunity and he is clearly the number one receiver on this team you mentioned the flashes and when we saw the flashes holy smokes did we see the flashes last year that five game stretch was just I mean everybody lost their minds over it he, he is such a fun uh, he, he's such a fun player and I'm so excited to see what he does in year two it, it's it, it could be uh, Perry you're, you're you're comparing them to some of the best I know players. I'm not, not trying to do it year. but I'm just
4: saying like we haven't had that, you know, yeah like I don't know. I I think there's a lot to be said about the way Rodgers talks about and treats young receivers. But, like, Rodgers spots talent. Like, let's just call a spade to spade. Rodgers can see talent. Like, he plucked Lazard off of the practice squad and said, I want him. And now Lazard is playing for $11 million a year in the Jets. Like, Rodgers sees it. And when he talked about Watson, you could tell, like, Rodgers saw it with this kid. And I trust, I trust that.
3: Yeah, I and mean, then that's well said, and I think that's totally fair. I mean, I don't think you're going to have to twist anyone's arm about being excited about Christian Watson, so I think it we're all do an uh,
4: easy one.
3: <laughs> no, you're all good. Uh, let's teach you one more, and then we'll get out of here. Alex, I'll let you close with your, your last pick that you want to go over on your list. All
2: right, do I want to go fun? Do I want to uh, – I don't know do where fun.
3: to go here. Go fun. All Always right, go fun.
2: All right. I'll say it. Sean Clifford. I'm going to say Sean Clifford, uh, the backup <laughs> quarterback, the fifth round pick. I don't get that pick at all. I'm just going to be honest with you. Right. Like I always talk about my Big Ten bias. I, I cover the Badgers down here. I've watched a lot of Penn State football the last four years. He was fine. I mean, he played a lot of ball. He was a four year starter at Penn State. We obviously know he was able to beat out Will Levis, who got drafted a hell of a lot higher than him for obvious reasons in this year's draft. I mean, he's he's likely, unless they sign Matt Ryan or something, he's going to be the backup quarterback this year. And it seems like a lot of people don't understand this pick like I don't. So I will definitely have an eye on him come camp. I, I know he likely won't play right at all. He won't play any meaningful snaps, but he's, it's so intriguing. I didn't understand the pick. So that's why I have him on my list.
3: I like it. I think it's fair. I mean, that's a, that's a like, an important position. I mean, it doesn't sound like it because you're hoping it never plays, but like right. yeah, that is literally your backup court. That's your number two guy. Like if you you're a snap away from that guy playing the rest of the season at some point. So like, it may seem ridiculous or like it might seem like it's not a, like that's a fifth round pick that if all of a sudden one thing goes wrong, like we're in for a whole season, of Sean Clifford. So that's not nothing. And I not think it forbid. is bad. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. All right, Perry, your last one.
4: Oh, there's too many guys. I mean, I thought about like a JJ and Barre. I thought about like, words, a, yeah. like a Quay Walker, um, but I'm just gonna go fun and say I literally cannot wait to watch Jaden Reed. I, I just like I. <laughs> so, like I said before, like my initial gut reaction post draft was like I'm pumped about Tucker Craft. There's just something about him he feels like such a Packer. And then I told Andy this. Um, but I got home last weekend from my plans and I ended up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole uh, listening to Jaden Reed interviews till like one o'clock in the morning Uh, and I just love the kid like I just love this kid and I know it's kind of like a cop-out to say you know oh off the field he's such a packer such a packer fit but like there's this Andy I think you shared it so I'm going to give you credit but there's one interview that he did at school it's like a really long in-depth like 20 minute piece and it goes into like how hard he works and like why he transferred and his family and everything that he's been through and he gets very emotional and like the play on the field will speak for itself obviously but I always love going back to like a little bit of the human side and remember that like these kids have been working their whole lives for this opportunity and when you get someone who cares that much like you know if his ceiling's high enough and he gives 100% effort he's probably going to get there and like Packers fans Jaden Reed is going to give you like 120 he is going to give you everything that he has and he's just like a good easy kid to root for so I just I can't wait to see what he has and like we said earlier the wide receiver room's wide open He's another second round pick. Like all of a sudden now this wide receiver crew has a huge influx of young talent and that's awesome.
0: Yeah. He was
2: on my list too. And he's a versatile dude. Here's, here's my comparison for you, Perry. He's got some Randall Cobb in him, right? Like he used in the slot. He's such a lovable dude. And uh, for Badger and, and Randall Cobb was the emergency quarterback for the Packers for a long time. Uh, if there's any Packers Badgers fans crossovers listening to this, uh, he threw for a touchdown against Wisconsin last year when they played Michigan state also caught the game winning touchdown in overtime against Wisconsin. Yeah. So we got to see him up close and personal. I love that. He's a Packer and Perry. You're spot on with him. He was on my list as well, as was JJ and So So uh, I think my list is completely crossed off.
3: I think this is the crazy thing, right? Is because we're, we're at the end of our lists and, we didn't even talk about J.J. Inibari. We didn't talk about a Samori Toure. We didn't talk about um, like, like there's like, we didn't talk about Quay Walker. Like who's the first round pick a season ago. That needs to have a massive season. We didn't talk about Eric Stokes. We didn't talk about Rashawn, you know, t- you know, coming back from an injury at some point. Um, how does David, you know, Bakhtiari play like this is his injury. Like totally, you know, good to go. Is he good to go for the entirety of camp? Like how does that, you know, proceed? We didn't talk about Zach Tom, who is in for a potential starting spot along the offensive line. Like, we didn't talk about a lot of people and you want to know how awesome this draft class is, is that we almost mentioned everyone in the draft class yet, who is by (laughs) the way, the first of the Packers draft picks. I did not have Lucas on my list, but I feel like it's apropos to talk about him as the last guy, because this is somebody who has the ability and talent to be as special as he wants to be. And I think he can come in and make a pretty significant impact from day one. There is a reason he is called Hercules. He looks amazing, you know, up close and in person. He is going to put a lot of pressure on opposing offensive linemen from day one. He's going to be able to move inside. He's going to be able to play from outside. And while Rashawn comes back from injury, I'm fully expecting that it is Preston Smith and Lucas Van Ness as your starting edge defenders when the season kicks off in week one. Unless Rashawn's ready to go, which would be even more amazing. But assuming he's not, then I think Lucas is out there as your starting edge. So uh, he is a phenomenal football player. And that just, again, goes to show you like, how excited we are. I had Carl Brooks on my list as well, who if anyone listened to my deep dive on Carl Brooks, you know I am salivating to watch more car, you know, Carl Brooks. I cannot wait. So this is a very fun draft class and is a very intriguing draft class. And uh, would be probably not appropriate to leave, you know, the number one A guy who is super talented, super fun. And I I can't wait to watch him either.
2: That's why you're our floor general, Andy. I mean you you, you gotta Point talk uh, is LVN the nickname we've decided on? Besides Hercules, by the way, we're good with LVN. Yeah, LVN. I mean, such an intriguing prospect. I'm I'm so excited to watch this dude. There's that picture circulating of him, you know, like making a, it looks like a swim move, and he just looks so freakish. I, I'm just I, I'm 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 bouncing off the walls to see this guy actually get some real snaps with the Packers. Man, when he
3: when he comes, comes at you with you know when he's like lined up as an outside edge and he just comes at you like. There is, you can just tell, like, he, I can't imagine being an offensive tackle on that. So I'm watching the all 22 and I'm like, that guy is coming at you fast at like a million miles per hour. He's built like a freaking truck and like, he, like his hands are going all like, it, it's just, it's like scary. Like watching, like, if you like look at him as like, if you're an offensive tackle, I'm like, I don't know what the heck you do with that guy coming at you. Like I, it's going to be very fun. And I think he's going to catch people by surprise with just, how, I know we, you know, we're accustomed to Rashawn Gary, like only a couple hundred snaps his first season, a couple sacks. Not really. It was more of a reg. I don't think it's going to be Van S. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at how ready he is to come in and compete and make some really amazing stuff happen from day one.
4: I'm so excited. I think it says a lot, too, like you said, Andy, that there are so many guys we didn't get to. And like I feel like just like the takeaway while I was making my list was that there's a lot to be excited about this team. I know it's like a nerve wracking almost season of... Huge transition. And like, we've been in like a really nice, complacent, consistent, like winning place for a very, very long time. But this team is young. It's super athletic. This draft is exciting. Last year's draft is exciting. Like everything about the season should just be excitement.
2: A lot of question marks, but right now it's excitement, right? If we're doing this again in five years, it won't be the same level of excitement, but there, there's so many unanswered right. questions. And and that's why I think we're all excited, right? It's just a, it's a brand new era. It's a brand new chapter in the long, long history book of the Green Bay Packers. And we're all very excited. It's only May. I want football to start freaking tomorrow, which I guess we get the schedule
4: released. So that, that's something at least. And It's positive anticipation is like the way I like to describe Ooh, I like that. it. Right? I like that. It's it's We're building up to something We don't know yet what it is, which is why we're all like have like lots of mixed emotions, a lot of discourse going on right now. But it's all positive, right? It's all like because we can't wait to see what those answers are to those questions and what these players look like together.
3: I think it's important to remember, like there's going to be volatility with it, right? Like some of these guys are going to fall flat on their face and just not be able to perform year one. Doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be good a couple of years from now. Sometimes people have a different growth curve and a different learning curve, especially at the tight end position. Like we're probably going to have to have a little bit of patience with that, even though we want Kraft and Musgrave to go out and tear it up from week one. It's probably going to take a hot second like and some of the guys are going to rise to the level and step up and, and, and really grab the opportunity. Like we started with basically there are snaps up for grabs all over this team. And even with veterans, right? Like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, they're competing for a certain snap. We know Jones is going to get a bunch. We know Dylan's going to get a bunch, but you know, th- those, there's snaps there to be had the number three running back jobs up for grabs. I think Christian's clearly the one after that, I think two, three, four, five, six, every, any one of those guys could slot in at any spot. I think, you know, Deguara, Musgrave, Kraft, any of those guys could slot in one, two, three, Tyler Davis could certainly still get his name in the conversation. Uh, I think Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Josh Nyman, and uh, Zach Tom. I think all of those guys have work to do to sort of keep their jobs. We'll see if guys that are carryovers from last year, like a Luke Tanuda or a Sean Ryan or a Caleb Jones or a Rasheed Walker can get their name in the conversation. All those guys are interesting as well. Kingsley and Igbari and Lucas Van S there's going to be snaps up for grabs there. Like we could go up and down the line, um, safety we already talked about defensive line. We talked about, so I mean, special team snaps. So th- I think that's the fun part is there is so much available to all of these players and we are going to get to see who rises to the occasion, steps up and really makes it their job. And I think that's just so incredibly fun. Amen. Amen. All right. I think we can say that was our best episode ever clearly by far and away. Um, Alex, where can we find your work and uh, anything you want to say before we get out of here?
2: Yeah, go, pack go. Because I usually don't get to say that at the end of the episode. We'll cut you no, you up, fi-
4: yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, you can find me on
2: Twitter at Alex underscore strofe. Uh, if you're watching, you can f- see the letter and the spelling there. Uh, I put up a video of me whiffing uh, a golf ball eight times in a row today. Um, so maybe the most embarrassing footage of me to ever surface on the Internet. But uh, tonight, uh, schedule release. Uh, reaction on Twitter spaces with uh, the leading tackler in the USFL right now. Chris Orr, former Badger linebacker will join me at eight o'clock tonight on ESPN Madison's Twitter spaces. We'll react to the Packers schedule and any other games that, uh, that catch your eye. So that's what I got coming up.
3: Perry Goldstein.
4: Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, you can also find me at packs, which she said podcast with Maggie Loney You can follow us on Twitter at PWSS podcast. We are, about to record after i record with andy and alex oh, um, boy. With, with andrew Murtag, who was on pre-draft and now we're going to get his post-draft takes i know he has some spicy opinions about lvn so i'm excited to hear what those are but um gearing up for some you know off-season content more guests coming our way been working with odyssey quite a bit on some more creative things so yeah go find us on twitter
3: yeah, make sure to check that out. Make sure to follow both of them. You can follow the podcast at Pack Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That is going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Paco.
4: Go Paco.